Record is on. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to In Conversation with Lisa Burke. Great to have you with us once more. And I'm delighted to have a Luxembourgish guest with me today, Sophie Mark, who is an international triathlete and a photographer. Welcome, Sophie. Welcome to RTL Studios. Well, thank you. Hello. It's so good to have you here. And I'm going to dive straight into your triathlete life. I mean, where did this start for you? Wow, that's a... <laughs> That's a complicated question because actually it started when I was six years old, so a long time ago. I'm 30 now and it started with cycling. I remember every evening my brother, my father and I, we were sitting on a couch and my father was reading something to us from books, from magazines, whatever. Then one evening he was reading something in, in a children's magazine and then we saw an ad for a cycling race. And I was like, I want to do that. And he said, well, okay. <laughs> If you want to, let, let's go. Do you want to join? He asked my, my brother and he was like, yes, why not? And so we went to the first cycling race and I loved it. And uh, I was like the only girl in this race, but it, it didn't matter. And after the race, my father asked, well, do you want to do a, do you want to continue? Do you want to do a second one? And I was like, yeah, totally. We, we have to continue. And uh, so my, that's how my brother and I, we joined the cycling club. And that's how actually it started with cycling. And so cycling is a very popular sport here in Luxembourg. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, I did notice actually when you sent me some notes about yourself that your coach for cycling, running and planning is Frédéric Marc. Yeah, is my this, brother. Ah, I yeah. was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering if it was a family relation. Now, so we move from cycling to the other two sports in the triathlon, which I'm sure mm. most people know is running and swimming. How did you add these on? Well, you know, at one point I felt a bit lonely as a, the only girl. Well, not the only girl, but we were like two or three girls. In um, the cycling club. In the cycling club, yeah. And during winter time, we always did uh, like football inside because it was raining and uh, dark and we couldn't cycle outside. So at one point I was like, I have to do something with girls. I have to do something that is not football because I don't want to play football or soccer or whatever. So I joined a running club during winter time. The irony being that you couldn't cycle outside, but you were running outside or inside? Outside, of course, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You can run outside and you can run in the rain. You know, I'm a half iron girl, so... I know, no, we're going to get to I know, you're quite phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that actually I was quite good in running and I was quite good in cycling. And my father told me that there's actually a sport that combines both. And if I want to do, add even a swimming to it, I could do triathlon. And that's how the triathlon part started when I was uh, 14 years old. So really you were quite young to think so strongly about what you wanted to do. You have a very driven character, it seems, from a young age. Yeah, you, you could say that, yeah. You like to win, you yeah. like to participate in sports and it seems also that that drive to do sport was internal to you. Yeah, it does. Actually, when I do something, I want to do like with 100% of... Um, um, a hundred percent of you. you yeah. You're giving a hundred percent all I'm the time. I'm giving all, yeah. So um, if I decide to do cycling, 
I really do it. I'm not doing it like only to pass time, but I do it because I want to be fast. I want to be one of the best if I can. Well, you are one of the best. I mean, I'm looking here. Luxembourg, yes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> not just Luxembourg. And like you said, you're also a half iron woman, let's woman, say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So just moving from the triathlon to the half iron woman, what yeah. does that entail? Well, it was a long way to come through this half iron woman status, let's say. Yes. <laughs> I started with the sprint distance, Olympic distance, and I did a few European Cups. And just to explain to our audience who may not be so au fait with the terms, yeah. can you tell us what the sprint distance is and the Olympic distance? So sprint distance is the shorter distance. It's 750 swimming, 20 cycling and five running. 750 meters. Meters, yeah. <laughs> and 20k yeah. and 5k. Yeah. For the short distance, which is the Olympic distance, it's actually the distance that you do during the Olympic Games. That's 1,500 meters of swimming, 40 of cycling, and then 10k running. So that's like more the traditional, let's say, distance. That's the distance you start with when you're young, of course, because you're, you're way too young to do the longer distances. That's what I started to do at the first time. And then I saw that actually I was not, there was one point where I saw that I didn't manage to get faster. I didn't manage to get better because something was, I don't know, it, it didn't work the way I wanted it to work. And I was... Um, you were at your limit, perhaps. Yeah, I was at a limit, yeah. And so I wasn't sure whether I would like to continue with triathlon or just stop it because I knew... As you said, I'm 100% driven. I knew that I couldn't just do it for fun. I wanted to do it with to a win. goal, like with an aim. <laughs> it doesn't even have to win, but there needs to be something that is hard to achieve, actually. And I want to achieve that. So um, I decided... Hard to achieve for you or against other people? Because there's external and internal drives. Well, I would say for the shorter distance, it was I wanted to beat the others. And then I thought that maybe I should change my point of view and maybe I should just beat myself and not the others. And that's how I decided to do my first half Ironman because I thought that that's a very, very long distance. It's 1.9 kilometers of swimming, it's 90 kilometers of uh, cycling and 21 kilometers of running, which is quite quite a long distance <laughs> any one, at that time. Any one of those things is a long distance for any normal human yeah, being. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> And um, then I thought, maybe you should do that. Maybe you should just beat yourself. Maybe you should just try to reach the finish line of this kind of competition. That's how I did my first half Ironman. And it was actually the very first half Ironman organized in Luxembourg. So it was very nice because there were lots of people that I knew on the course and cheering. And it was crazy because I wasn't prepared at all for this race. It was very spontaneous. Well, you're, you're, and, you're rather prepared. I mean, you're, you're yeah, well, I was prepared good. for the shorter ones, mm -hmm. not for the longer ones. Mm -hmm. I never ran a half marathon before. Before the actual day? Before the actual day. Yeah, so it was all... Okay. I didn't know if I would even manage to do a half marathon because I... The longest distance I ran before was 15 kilometers. I suppose it's not too much of a jump to 21 kilometers. 
But I suppose after the swim and the cycle. Yeah. Yes, it's quite a long time. So let's think about your training. How do you manage to train? And of course, we haven't even begun to speak about your professional life as a photographer. So you have this professional life, which as a photographer, I'm assuming, takes over evenings often for events and weekends too. How do you manage your time, your tiredness and your training schedule? Because you clearly take it very seriously. It's not easy, I must admit. And that's why I'm very happy to have my brother as a coach, because he knows me very well. I work very closely with him, so my training plan can change from one day to another. Usually you get a plan for like a week. And then you have to stick to this plan because you've got working hours that are very strict. You work from eight to five and then you can just plan around these hours. But for me, my days change from day to day. It's it's never the same. And I work on weekends. I work uh, in the evening. Sometimes I work in the morning. It, it always changes. And that's why I need I needed a coach that actually can change with me. But it's wonderful that it's your brother and you can listen to him and you clearly have a a strong bond together because family dynamics are not always so uh, compatible, let's say. (laughs) This is very compatible, yes, of course. And and he, he knows when I'm tired and that I should slow down a bit. But he also knows when I just don't want to do the training because I just I just don't want to. And then he pushes me to do it because I should be stronger than just the feeling that tells me that you should stay at home and just watch TV. Which is... um, Which I never do, actually. (laughs) But (laughs) But, um, but, yeah, most of us can understand that feeling, but most of us don't always get ourselves up off the the couch to go on whatever you do. So give us an example then. I imagine that the training schedule has to be combined with an aim. Like I'm looking through your history here. You've done the Abu Dhabi International Triathlon. You've been in Finland, Budapest, Lisbon. Tell us about the different tours that you've done what it entails in terms of training and preparation? That's actually a question you should ask my brother. (laughs) He knows better than I. Since he's not here. I'm just following. (laughs) I'm sure that's not entirely true. I mean, let's take Abu Dhabi, for instance. I mean, the temperature there is quite different to most of Europe. Yes, and, and it was very early in the season. It was in March. During wintertime, the cycling part is always indoors for me. <laughs> it's very warm inside. So that's how you can adapt to the temperatures of Abu Dhabi, for example. You just stay inside, you close your windows. <laughs> and in the end of the session, you like just, you lost like two liters of water. And that's how you can adapt to these temperatures, of course. You just recreate the situation at your home. Well, of course, for the running part and the swimming part, you, you can't adapt to to this situation. Yes, and the swimming is outside. It is outside, yeah. It's always outside. So that's why in um, during spring and summer, we try to do swimming sessions in lakes or in the sea. But it's not that easy here in Luxembourg because we don't have that many possibilities to swim outside. So I'm assuming you go to the lakes or the river. Yeah. And so just to give us where you are right now, what are your goals right now? Right now, I want to be an Iron Woman, not just half of it, <laughs> but like a full Iron Woman. That was the goal for this year. And because of Corona, all my plans, they were just messed up. And all my races, they were cancelled, even our national championships, which is always like my main goal in the season, they were cancelled. So I decided two weeks ago 
to register for a full Ironman in November in Portugal. And I just hope that this race will take place because if this race would take place, my season would be it would be good end of the season, even though the season didn't even really happen because there were no races. But then I would be happy with my my year. If even this race is now cancelled, I just stop my season without even having a race, which would be quite disappointing. But, but at least you know you're not alone because it's the same for all of your competitors. Yes, of course. And yeah. for Luxembourg, how many women are there involved in triathlons or half Ironmans? Well, from year to year, there are more and more women involved in triathlon. Of course, there are more men than women. It's a growing community. It is. It's a sport that is getting more and more popular. And also this Iron Man spirit is getting more and more popular, even in Luxembourg. It's interesting to see how there are new women coming and um, it's getting harder and harder to win a race. You have a little bit of competition out there. Oh yeah, I do. I <laughs> that's do. good, that's and good every for you. Year a bit more. And that's, it is very good. It is much more fun, of course, and it's much, much more interesting. I noticed that you haven't quite given me an example of a weekly plan for your training. <laughs> yeah. So I know today um, you're not making me feel so guilty because I thought you would have come here after doing like 20k <laughs> run or something. <laughs> me. But you said today is your rest day. So apart yes. from a rest day for mental and physical rest, what could a week entail, given that now your ambition is November to go to Portugal to do an Ironman? So usually it's between 10 and 20 hours of training a week with one rest day in the middle of the week. Usually the day where I'm working most, <laughs> when I have like two or three jobs a day, that's where my brother puts my rest day. I say between 10 and 20 hours because it depends on how many jobs I have during the week. We try to organize it that we try to because it's not easy with my job to have three hard weeks of 15 to 20 hours and then one rest week, like 10 hours of training week. <laughs> I love the fact that your so, rest week has about 10 hours of training. That's just phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's between one and two training sessions a day. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. And those training sessions, just give us an example. For example, I, I, I wake up, I work for two hours. Then I do my first training session, which could be running or, or cycling. Let's say one hour run with some speed parts. Then I come back, I shower, I eat, I work again. And then I do my second training session, which is usually swimming. Come back home, eat, and then maybe work again and then go to sleep. So there's two questions I have to follow up on this, which is the toll it takes on your body. I mean, you're a young, beautiful woman. Oh, thank you. Do you feel <laughs> injuries? I mean, how do you how do you look after your body? And connected to that is also the nutrition part. Are you very careful about what you eat? Well, I do a lot of yoga. That's how I try to prevent injuries. So very often I wake up and the first thing I do is like 20 minutes of yoga to stretch, to get in shape, to prepare my body for, for the day. For the actual training session. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm quite sure you're not even counting the yoga in your no. 10 to 20 hours of training. <laughs> It's not on the plan. It's something I add to it. <laughs> but it's not easy because unlike a professional triathlete, I don't have the time to for the, how do you call it? Recuperation. Recuperation. Thank you. I don't have the time for that part. So it's always very hard to find the point where we're doing too much because I can't recover from what I've done. 
uh, between not doing enough. So that's a bit the balance. The balance. The yeah, but I had a lot of knee problems for the last three years. Now this year we managed to, to fix it. Now we decided to just go on the way we did this year because it worked very well. But for the nutrition part, <laughs> well, <laughs> as a triathlete, you burn a lot of calories. <laughs> so you actually can eat a lot. And I know that I could pay a bit more attention to what I eat. But actually, I eat everything I, I want. In the end, what I eat is, is quite healthy because I always try to eat something that works with my training plan. So if I run after eating, I eat something very light, for example. But if I want to eat a pizza in the evening, I, I eat my pizza. And if I want to have a bit more dessert, I, I do that. Well, I don't think you have any guilt, given that you have no, not really. 20 hours <laughs> of training. Now, we must turn to the other part of your life, which is photography. So you're a professional photographer. You are actually a photographer for some very famous people here in Luxembourg, which we won't go into. And you're extremely good at that, too. Why photography? <laughs> I never wanted to be a photographer, actually. It never came to my mind that I could earn a living with photography. I always wanted to be an art director in an advertising agency. That was like my dream. So I did a bachelor degree in graphic design, communication design. I did an internship in an advertising agency. And that's where I saw that actually it's not that much fun. And my bachelor thesis was a thesis in photography. But even then I... I didn't realize that photography was my thing. So I started my master's, a master in design. And again, my master thesis was a thesis about photography in the end. But still, I didn't, I didn't realize that photography was maybe a job I could earn my living with. First, I worked as a photo editor for a magazine, fashion magazine in Berlin. I was the one engaging the photographers, but I still wasn't a photographer. Then I saw that that was not the thing I wanted to do. So I came back to Luxembourg. I started working in a museum. And then at one point I was like, well, maybe I should just, just do it and try to be a freelance photographer because all the other things that I tried, they never actually fulfilled me to 100%. And as you said, I want to do something that is really fulfilling. I was, want to do something that is 100% me. So that's how I ended up in trying to build up my business as a freelance photographer. And it very quickly went very well. I'm here now, three years later, and it's, it's still, it's like my dream job. And that's it's wonderful. Perfect. I imagine as you're running and cycling and swimming around, you have a very good eye for all of the things that oh, you yes. see too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's wonderful that you've managed to have this freelance lifestyle, which gives you the chance to also focus on your training, because it seems yeah. that you have two lives running in parallel. Do you have any time for yourself beyond training <laughs> or working? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, I must admit that during Corona times, I, I had a lot of time for myself and I didn't like it. It was too much, too much space for, for nothing. I, I need this drive. I need to have something to do. It, it was very hard for me. In three months, I wasn't allowed to work, staying at home with no competition ahead. I didn't have a goal at all. It was very hard for me to just get up. And usually it's not hard for me at all to get up. I get up at 7 a.m. and I immediately start to work or to run or do, do whatever I want to do. It was a very hard time for me. So, yes, sometimes I have time for myself <laughs> during normal times, let's say. And I enjoy it. 
But uh, I think that triathlon is time for myself. Time for yourself, your headspace. Yeah. I dare not ask, do you have a partner? <laughs> I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> is this partner <laughs> a runner, swimmer, cyclist? <laughs> not at all. But I mean, he started cycling, he started swimming. He to, in order to see you. <laughs> in order to see me. <laughs> Well, not even. I, I don't know why he did. <laughs> to keep up. <laughs> I think that in our family you just have to because otherwise you can't follow. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he has a totally different job, totally different interests. But uh, I think maybe that's why it works so well. And that's know. very good to hear. I just wonder where on earth he gets the time to see you between the training and the... And and he's the... working a lot, so maybe that helps. He's coming back late in the evening. Uh, because of his job and I'm coming back late in the evening and so you both understand yeah nobody's waiting for the other to to come home the stresses of of the working lifestyle I was going to say the working week but the week extends into the weekend for (laughs) it does freelance photographers and athletes (laughs) there is no weekend actually there is no weekend it's just one continuum I just wanted to also thank you very much because I know this is your first interview in English it is (laughs) and you're one of these amazing Luxembourgers who can speak German French Luxembourgish obviously (laughs) and goodness knows how many other languages so thank you so much I want you to leave us with some inspiration for the younger, maybe females or even males, younger people listening to us and older people too. Do we have the chance to even think about participating in anything like this? If you want to, yes, of course. The most important thing is to find something you love. And if if you found the one thing that you really, really love, you can do it like 100% and you, you should do it at 100%. And you should just continue until you feel like you, you're done and uh, you're good with it. So you should never stop before. Sophie, you're so inspirational. Uh, everything you do, you do it with just 100% passion and drive. <laughs> and from that, of course, you have phenomenal results. Well, we wish you the very best. We do hope this race will happen for you in November. Yeah, please. If it does, you must send us the photos. You must send us however it goes. We want you to do well. We're all rooting for you as our Luxembourg ambassador for the Iron <laughs> Woman, let's say. And we can't wait to hear about your results. Thank you so much much for joining us at RTL today. Thank you too. Thank you.